conversation. This is Kara, and I'm so excited to be joined by Jayanti and Michael Massey. So we have um, many, many recordings between the three of us over time, and um, you may have heard Jayanti's final, quote-unquote, final episode (laughs) back in May. And um, of course, we've continued to stay in touch, and um, and she has been doing some processing through um, through creativity is probably the best way that I can say it without having had a proper discussion with her about it. And it, I've I've caught bits and pieces of it in our interactions, and uh, wanted to invite her to come and share. And so, and she suggested that we bring Michael in because it's always nice to have his um, expertise and and um, his thoughts on what we're doing or on on these these bigger concepts, I should say. So, uh, welcome back! So good <laughs> to you. see that beautiful face. And um, back by popular demand, yes. it's Jayanti. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it before, like, oh, this is kind of like fun and weird. I guess it's like maybe when you get divorced and then you get back into the house, but it's not your house anymore. You're, so you're the guest. Yes. It's it's a good feeling, though. Good. good. I, well, I love what you're doing with the, the podcast. It's oh, beautiful. thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm I'm so glad to reconnect. And yeah. um, so talk us through what you've been doing. You've been taking this course and... Um, and exploring your creativity, mm-hmm. and um, let's just talk talk about what you are gaining from all of this. Yeah, well, actually, I'm in the midst of uh, uh, course number two. Mm. So there's a woman called Dana Anderson. She has an art studio in Assisi, and she's connected to Ananda, which I'm connected to, where I've learned meditation, yoga, and it was interesting, like two years ago, I was in contact with this um, medium and I was asking the bit, you know, oh, what can you see about, you know, how am I going to serve? And because uh, I already had my meditation teacher training, but, you know, I felt like this is not it only, you know, there's something more. And she's like, you should get in contact with Dana. I see you with a lot of creativity or like mm-hmm. something like that. And... I don't know, at that time, it was just other things I think I had to process or I was resisting, <laughs> it could be that as well. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I went to her studio when I was in a CC and I was like, well, this is interesting. But yeah, I, I just I just wasn't ready. And um, I, I mean, I've always been a very creative person. I mean, when I think back of my childhood, I was sitting in my room creating a lot and but it's very easy to close that off. And I mean, a lot of what we're working on in these classes, because it's not art, like you learn a technique, how to paint beautifully, the opposite. This is not, you know, you should not judge, like judge your own work or someone else is not like coming like, oh, that's so pretty. Or like, this is ugly. Like if, if you find something ugly or it's like, you feel resistance you know that can be a good thing because it's it's opening up to your inner world and you know your art is a message to yourself so mm-hmm. it's transformative art and um, 
so I did the first course uh, one and a half week ago, and now I'm in day two in course two. The first one's called Painting from the Heart and Soul. This one is called Living Your Spirit, I think. Living Your Creative Spirit. So and is there a specific medium that you're using? I mean, I know the first one was paint. Um, you mean like what kind of material are you using? Yeah, like are you just yeah, however usually, you want to express? Usually paint, but uh, from what I understood in this course, uh, it opens up more so everyone can do their own project. Because when I did first it's like the first beginner course to open up. And so, but it's all, not only, you know, painting. Um, it's also embodying the paintings afterwards. So um, it's really about getting into the creative process as she talks about. So um, we would do like moving meditations before just to, you know, get the energy moving. And then it's really about letting creative energy flow through you and put it into the paper and but then afterwards we would do different exercises and because it's really about learning to understand yourself and that was interesting why I felt like all three of us should come together it's really about you know allowing everything to flow through because um you know the other week we were doing this exercise of like I am so you would embody the painting and you know then I was starting to block myself because it's like oh well you know if, if it was two positive words about myself I felt like oh well then I'm just gonna boost my ego that's not good I don't want to be that or if it was negative words like oh I don't want to affirm these words like I am sad blah 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 it's mm -hmm. like that well then I'm gonna be sad um mm -hmm. but no the point is like you you don't want to step into the story and identify with it. But if you step into the story and feel, what does it feel like to be sad? What does it feel like to be lonely or angry? Then you can release it. And I mean, I know this is what we talked about before, but by actually doing this process, I feel like it just has helped me open up doors that have been shut for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been doing healing work through therapy and gone to a healer, which all helps. But this is just like, it's me, myself, with universe, God, opening up to to find my, because uh, we all are unique souls, and find my expression in this world. Because we tend to, you know, as, as this world, as our, our society has been structured, we function very much from our left side of the brain which is linear you analyze you judge but by getting into your right side of the brain where creativity poetry uh, all that resides um, you're much more open to the flow of life and I mean I can say the reason why I, I felt I needed to do this is like I mean I know we're all <laughs> are in this like big year of change for me, it was like a few months ago, I had a ticket booked to go and see the person I love with us living in the same country. And I had, you know, my my ideas for my future. I felt like I had a stable job. I have my apartment. Then a little virus hits this planet. And, you know, all my plans and everything just got shaken. And 
I think we all experienced this year is like, oh, this is scary. I don't know what's coming next, but that's the whole point of this creative process. You learn to open up and be more resilient. So when we work with both brain halves, we are more resilient. We are open-minded and we can learn to listen more to the messages we receive from the universe if, if we open up and start to listen. That's really, really well said. Um, I know that when I embark on creative endeavors, whether they are kind of um, creating something that I'm expressing, like, you know, in, in the case of, of painting, I'm not a painter, but along those lines, um, or, you know, you've mentioned before that you enjoy writing, creative writing and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just from a teaching perspective, sometimes that comes in or often, I would say, you know, it's, it's how, how am I going to guide this meditation to kind of bring the class to where I'm thinking we should go today? Um, but there is that rush of energy that comes into mm-hmm. it. I find that um, when I am in a creative mode, it sort of flushes through and, and um, you know, I mean, very practical things like fatigue just evaporate in that flow. Um, and, and, Michael, I don't know if you have any... Um, any I want to say advice, but that's the wrong word. Any thoughts on this very real energy that we tap into, this divinity um, that comes, like like Alessandra is saying, like Jayanti is saying, um, as we open ourselves more and more to this creative flow and how that works kind of on the, the energetic side. I have zero, nothing to say about this whatsoever. No? Okay, well, this was a good chat. Thanks for coming together, guys. Yeah, (laughs) totally stumped here. Um, I just, I just. uh, You know, uh, Jayanti, you you mentioned this as an overall, uh, as kind of a tool for helping us to uh, process uh, our stories, if you will, from uh, whatever we might have there stored in our emotional or uh, mental bodies. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've found this same thing to be true as well. And if, if I might, if you'll indulge me to kind of just pull a anecdotal story from a few years ago, I don't think this has come up on, on any of uh, our prior podcasts. And um, where uh, I was called up, I happen to be in Seattle right now, and I've got a, a good network of friends and family. My mother's side of the family, she's one of nine and grew up in Washington State. So I have, I don't know, somewhere around 4,000 cousins <laughs> or something. I'm not really sure, uh, but a lot of family up here and friends up here. And... Um, I was called up here a few years ago to, um, this is three years ago now, and uh, uh, one of my friends up here had, had a, uh, an encounter. She was a caregiver, and she was working with uh, or trying to help a uh, 
uh, this really brilliant, brilliant gal. She this this gal. She was a 20 year executive veteran in um, uh, the technology industry. Um, very successful. Worked with big companies. I'm sure that everybody's heard of. And she had been through a psychotic break. And sometimes we've talked about like Kundalini rising and that kind of thing. And sometimes it just, boom, it just happens. And uh, somebody's, if they're not prepared for it, it can really, really turn somebody's life upside down. And in her case, uh, uh, she was, yes, highly fragmented into multiple dimensions and couldn't, couldn't ascertain um, kind of what, what reality um, can we, um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Kundalini, let's not take advantage of, um, that being familiar to everybody. I, in, and you have a remarkable story yourself about Kundalini energy in the very first episode, um, which was really that we had with you, which was released in January. But can you just describe a bit about this, um, this phenomenon, this dormant energy? Yeah, it lies. It's uh, the, the traditionally represented by the serpent, which lies coiled at the base of the sp- uh, spine. And when it's awakened, then it makes its journey upwards, and it's going to go up the whole energetic co- uh, column, uh, snaking, if you will, uh, around uh, the various different chakras, and it's going to basically light everything up uh, from the inside out. And this is at the a time of of, of ultimately of empowerment of of discovering and awakening um, uh, one's core uh, power uh, that uh, then can ultimately uh, be brought forth into uh, as, as as an energy and a heightened energy that we can bring forth into our creative endeavors and so this is something that um, part of like Kundalini Yoga is kind of designed to kind of uh, initiate and then carry someone through. Sometimes it just happens, you know. Somebody's on a goes over a jump on a horse and takes a thump and it awakens that energy. That can be other life events. It can be uh, under a soul directive where it's just like it's it's you know um, the, the 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 divine alarm clock goes off and it says ready or not here we come and and uh, uh regardless of whether or not as an ind- given individual has prepared for that and if someone has not prepared for it it can be a very a very traumatic thing and and as this energy comes up and uh yeah it can it can explode the consciousness into multiple dimensions which uh, really flirts with the crazy you know, and it's um, you know, a lot of folks will wind up in uh, uh, do wind up in mental health um, treatment facilities because mm. uh, they can't uh, get it, get a bearing mm. on uh, uh, their reality and which reality they happen to be in. Mm. Um, and so for those of uh, who practice your meditations, you may be doing some astral traveling and having um, certain experiences of other realms, et cetera. Um, doing this consciously um, when it happens unconsciously and you can't tell the difference of where you're at then uh, then that, that becomes a significant issue mm-hmm. uh, because it, it severely hinders uh, functionality in this world 
Um, yeah. So uh, that's, yeah, a little bit of background there about Kundalini and some of the so-called dangers of it. Uh, and ultimately, you know, it's, it's nothing to fear, but it is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And this particular gal I'm talking about, she, uh, you know, I had to spend a, it took me about, mm, it was about two months of sitting with her uh, for 12, 14 hours a day uh, through, and just basically just being sit, sitting and being present with her and being a part of her world so, so that so that she could, I, I could join her in wherever she happened to be. And then um, I would so-called join her in her, uh, in whatever illusion she might be in or whatever realm she might be in. And then I would return to this reality and then she would be able to follow back. And there was some success with that, but her real breakthrough came, guess what? When she got a sketch pad and a set of, tools to start drawing Hmm. and her initial drawings were like anybody who's ever familiar with child therapy particularly you know um children who have been unfortunately through lots of trauma and how they the kinds of things that they will draw you know monsters and you know spaghetti monsters and all kinds of dark stuff which is a is certainly an indication of what's going on within their psyche and this particular gal she started off her initial we're just like madness on the page was just was just all kinds of dark scribbles and there might have been something under there but it was just mashed up and and just very very black and very dark and then as the book goes along and this is just a this is one of the most amazing pieces of work that i've ever seen uh, when it fully came to its completion, but she literally created her way. She drew her way out of her own madness. And you could see it page by page by page as the chaos dispersed and became order. And and uh, and she just kept going and she kept going and she kept going. Um, and that process took about another maybe another month maybe two and uh and she was able to reintegrate um get back into life uh, taking care of her kids and um functioning at work and uh today she's um today she's she's completely sane still brilliant and um and not not requiring any meds at all Mm -hmm. She came through this, um, through this creative process, uh, which was which was drawing and painting. And so, That's what beautiful. is that doing from from the energetic perspective? Like how how does this work? To how does this creativity help us to clear emotional? Um, traumas or densities or um i don't know do you have thoughts on on the the mechanism <laughs> why uh, you know or is it just mysterious well um uh, similar to like how biofeedback works but what happens when we 
And whenever we take what's inside of us and we, we, uh, we use our body to then um, uh, create something that we can look at, then we get to look at what was once inside of us. And as soon as we can look at what was inside of us, then it changes. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm feeling tangled up inside and I'm able to, to just, instead of try to draw what I should be, which would be like nice and ordered or something, then try to be that when I'm all tangled up, that the actual remedy is, is actually the, is what's, what's wrong it's weird it's how like the uh that the remedy to anything is 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 built into the uh, malady hmm. and so if i can convey onto paper my tangled state then i can look at that and untangle myself because now i can see it hmm. yeah and that's my experience in these one and a half weeks so far it's just like as I said, I've been working quite a lot with healing work and then things come up uh, from this lifetime and previous lifetimes. Um, so, and some of the things are just like, it's quite hard to process. Um, especially, you know, it's you, you can't, well, I don't have the financial means to sit with a therapist every day and not all your friends are present or family members are present to sit with your pain or what actually happened because some of the things might just be too uncomfortable for people to bear um and um, so i just find that the creative process i mean when we did the first course uh, my heart was in quite a upset uh, place but i i know that you know if i mean a few years ago when I didn't have the tools I have now, but also um, if I didn't have that course, I could very easily have just, you know, slipped into just like, I'm going to comfort it. I'm just going to sink into a very draining energy. I'm going to, you know, beat myself up. I'm going to push myself down. Instead, I, I moved the energy through the system and allowed everything to be felt. Mm. And um, I mean, we were talking about that today and it's really just like, finally, like the coin fell down. It's like, because we were talking about, you know, when Moses, um, when God speaks to Moses and he asks what his name is and he says, I am that I am. And and we were talking about uh, the phrase of don't use the Lord's name in, in vain. And so everything that we put after the I am becomes our story. I know we know about this if we you know about affirmations, but if for me it was like I really understood how much power these stories has had over me. And I feel like all the things I've seen through therapy so far is more like, okay, I can see this pattern. And what is the story I'm telling myself? I'm weak or I'm stuck, whatever. I'm angry or by allowing myself to feel that I can finally let that energy out of the system. Hmm. Uh, you bring up a good point there, Jayanti, in terms of the language that we use and, and the power of affirmations, the I am statement. 
And one of the ways and tools that um, that I've used over the years and I like to share with people is it, it just has to do with with modifying language a bit. And so if we want to go, okay, uh, if I'm feeling sad, I want to acknowledge that that feeling uh, without reinforcing it, but I need to be able to access it to feel it in order for it to again to process and release and so one of the things that we can do is rather than making the i am statement i am sad which is a declarative statement um we can uh we might say i am feeling sad or i feel sad that doesn't actually attach to identity it just honors and acknowledges our emotional state of how we feel. I feel sad, that's true, or that's a true statement without it being a creative statement, so to speak, um, that, that, that is um, the issue with the I am statements. It also taps into the temporal nature of everything that we're going through. When you say, I feel, or I am feeling this way, there's something naturally um, temporary about that rather than right. I am this, which feels this. eternal and permanent. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am sadness embodied. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we don't want to live that. Right. Um, but uh, that's what happens in which we're, we're talking mm-hmm. about and working yeah. with. It's also like if you resist it you give it even more power and that's why we see these things like what like why is this coming up again in my life i didn't want that i was like yeah it's because you're affirming you don't want that or like you're you're suppressing it resisting it so much so you're giving it energy Mm. whereas instead if we can just like look at it and um, she gave a good example today of how you know we we can't change, you know, the story so far. It's like you can't deny what happened. But if you tap into that creativity, that divine flow, which you're part of everything, so you can shift the story. And so that it's an, a way of empowering yourself to not just accept... Um, this is not my case, but let's say my parents beat me up when I was a child. And if I'm just um, living that story, um, well, that was perhaps a bad, <laughs> bad example. But, um, you know, they, it can become victimizing. And I, I don't know what a good solution would be to that story, though. Um, maybe you guys have a, maybe Michael, you have a good solution. Um how to turn that around and well you you mentioned the key is 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 the moving out of the victim the victim story mm-hmm. and part of this it's what we call the the unholy trinity is this uh victim perpetrator savior um this is a cycle there's kind of a vicious cycle one that we can get trapped in is um, uh, from an ego perspective. And it's understanding that if we're 
uh, as long as we're identified with any one of those three roles, mm. perpetrator, victim, or savior, then the other two are on their way. Mm. You don't pick up just one end of that. You pick up that whole triangle all at once. Mm. So, um, so if we can go, oh, it is not really truly the case, like that any one of us is always a victim. If we identify with being a victim, we have also been a perpetrator and have victimized someone else hmm. in this life or another. But generally, even in it's going to play out in this lifetime. And then the tricky part of one of that is um, the, the so-called savior one. And so when we, if we feel like we got to save somebody, and so we continuously just play that savior role, we will soon find ourselves both victim and perpetrator as well. And so these three all go together. And so for someone who's, let's say, been had that kind of a childhood trauma, um, what's really important for them is to, if they move into an acceptance period where you can, they can finally let go of that, that victim status so they can stop blaming their parents. As long as they're, anybody's blaming their parents for what happened to them, uh, it's impossible to, to so-called move on with life. Mm. Mm. And one of the ways to do that is to go, okay, yes, I was victimized. Okay. But Hey, I, I also, vic you know, I've also been the perpetrator. I've also hurt people, mm. whether I intended to or not. And then, oh, I've also helped people too. And so you go, oh, I've played all three of these roles. And then that's when we can kind of accept that we're all of it. Yeah. And, and when we kind of can accept that we're all of it and we're not overly identified with just one portion of it, that's when it can let, it can finally release. And that's, that's the stories associated with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, no longer, they're no longer part of our, um, uh, our energy. Yeah. I love that. This is making me think as well about a conversation I was having with my daughter yesterday um, because she is going to a we're, she's going to a summer camp right now uh, this week. She's in a volleyball camp, but two of her close friends are in a theater camp together, and they've been kind of antagonizing her about the fact that they're together. You know, I mean, they're little kids. They're they're ten, and mm -hmm. um, and so she was saying to me, like, I was really um, happy that she was expressing herself because she was saying to me, um, I I feel left out and I feel jealous. So she was putting her she was using her language to process. So I recognized, like, oh, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm glad she's acknowledging how she feels like she's recognizing I feel jealous I feel left out um and I could tell that she was expressing it to me so that 
I mean, I, on some levels, she wanted some help, <laughs> even if that was just listen to me and let me process this with my language. Um, and so I, I find it sort of a delicate dance, even within myself, between feeling the things, processing them, but not getting stuck in the story. And so I think that that's a helpful way when you think of like, you know, victim and perpetrator and savior. Um, I don't know if there, if either of you have any other thoughts just about like, about that balance, about that dance between like feeling the things and not being, and not owning, not, not owning them because we do want to own them, but being able to release them. And because I was saying to her, you know, nobody has the power to make you unhappy unless you give them that power. So if you want them to, you know, keep bothering you with this, then that's your choice. But you can also choose to focus on how much fun you're having in your own camp and, um, you know, some of the benefits that I was giving to her. And, you know, they haven't intentionally left you out. You were invited, but you wanted to do this volleyball camp and so on. Um, I don't know. Well, I read something funny. I'm kind of reading a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is great, I think. And in that book, she she touched on this subject with her or similar. Her daughter was sharing how, yeah, like Sarah doesn't like me, and she said, you know, if this was a few years ago, she would have been like why what's wrong let's call the parents like let's call the teacher like what's wrong (laughs) and she's like now it's like oh well that's a fact not a problem it's like that happens yeah yeah i like that simplicity it's like yeah yeah well you can make everyone like you yeah focus on something else. it's not a problem (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like like that that. that's a fact not a problem yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, it's only our interpretation of the facts that might be a problem. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're creating the problem. Yeah, in a sense, um, because we yeah. simply might might not like the facts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess all experiences are in a way neutral. It's what we add to it. You know, even a painful experience, if we see ourselves as souls here trying to learn something. You know, the people that came and hurt us right. taught us something. Yeah. Like, like to your exa- little example there of, hey, Sarah doesn't like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, only that only that's only really painful if there's a belief that we have that we're unlikable. Mm-hmm. So then somebody not, you know, Sarah not liking me. Will, will touch that little wound that I'm unlikable. Mm. But the more, if I know myself to be likable, then it's then that can even become laughable when you go, oh, Sarah, oh God, Sarah doesn't <laughs> like me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, okay, all right. And it, no expectation that not everybody's going to like everybody. It's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And it, nobody has to like you. Um, so this gets into, I mean, this is what I consider like um, self-mastery, 
You know, I, I think that takes a lot of work to get to that point where you're so removed from, um, from that sort of impact. I mean, particularly if you think about children, that's, um, and maybe I don't give them enough credit. Maybe it's easier as a child when you haven't had a lifetime of, of wounds and conditioning and things like that, but, and expectations and, but, um, yeah, some of it is like master level, like Mm -hmm. self, self mastery. (laughs) Yeah. Many times I think kids are, um, I mean, early on, at least in childhood, they wouldn't think so much about it or like, they might be upset, like, Oh, like, John doesn't want to play with me. Like, oh, mommy, he doesn't want to play with me. But then it's like, so what? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I was in the park today with my daughter and she was playing with her best friend and suddenly he was tired. He didn't want to play with her anymore. <laughs> and she's like, he doesn't want to play anymore. I was like, no, I think he's tired. You know, if that would have happened to me, I might have been like, why? What's wrong? What did I do wrong? Like, yeah. you know, as a grown up, it's like, what did, what did it did it, was it because I didn't go with him on the swing or like was it yeah <laughs> all these like questions and she was just like okay let's go to the library instead mm. <laughs> you know yeah. we'll play another day when he has energy again yeah um, so I which is you know getting back to this creative process it's really like tapping into that childlike self mm-hmm. and play yeah we 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 forget that. Um, Life is supposed to be enjoyable as well. Yeah. We, um, I'm, I'm guilty of being over serious in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm ne- I never, I've never gotten too serious. That's a. Uh, no? no. Mr. Happy Go Lucky? Uh, totally. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's one of the things I got to remind myself of all the time. Hey, it's just not that serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seriously, we got to like not be so serious. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Is that S-I-R-I-U-S? Lee. Right. <laughs> Galactically. Yeah. Seriously. Galactic joke, Galactic joke yeah. there. <laughs> and also like another thing like from learning from the courses you know kids kids don't like young kids they don't compare their work like mm. you know they just paint their thing and it's a story they're telling and they're not looking at oh maybe yeah but the older they get they start to look more at like oh what's going on there and so that's part of you know what this creative process is about come mm. back to my universe what's happening in my universe well, let's not look at what's happening in Kara's or Michael's there uh this would be I don't know at what age it kind of happens but you're 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 kind of you're right like what a young kid particularly young children right so they go you know they're drawn in their you know whatever they got their magic markers and they got their piece mm-hmm. of paper there and they they sketch it out and there's mommy and there's our house and there's the park and there's the sun and that's a tree. And what are those? Those are birds. And 
doesn't matter if they look like that or not. They know exactly what those are, right? Mm -hmm. And so you might be like reviewing that with the child. Oh, what do we have over here? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah. that's yeah, well, that's an elephant. Oh, whoa, of course it is then, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's no, uh, to the child, they're not critiquing their own work as they're putting mm -hmm. it down. Yeah. They're just expressing themselves. And somewhere along the way, we get this critique, this critic mm. that begins to critique our output. And refinement into mastery, develop a skill. There's that maybe is where uh, the critic has find some use, but but when it just comes down to just expression and pure creative expression, the critic has no place in this. Yeah, and it it becomes also a problem, I guess, because it's like. You're supposed to feel from inside out, express yourself in this world. Like, who am I within and how can, what, it, what is, what is my role in this creation? What is my role to play in this drama of life? And then it's like, ooh, I like Kara's role. I'm going to try out hers. Ooh, I like Michael's role. And it's just like, then I run around and just try and look at everyone else. But it's like. Like, you feel that. I Again, I'm guilty of this in my life. I'm just trying to live, you know, compare. Or I would live the roles I thought was expected of me. Like becoming a lawyer. Mm. Or, you know, these things. And um, um, it's not good for the soul. It's not good for the heart. Yeah. So play, creative play can help us to... Tap back into that our that inner essence being. of who we truly are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am reminded of the immortal words of Dr. Seuss. Mm -hmm. Love Dr. You ready Seuss. for this? Yes. You ready? Today, you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive that is youer than you. Oh, that's mm. great. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> that's a perfect cherry for the top of our Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what a delicious chat to have with both yes. of you. Lovely to yeah. connect with you both. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you both for your time and um, reminiscent of old times. It is very, very late in Sweden. So, yeah. but we're on summer break, so I'm fine. Oh, you are. Okay, good. Good. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's still light there. Yeah, there. It's, well, yeah kind of bright ish. Bright ish. <laughs> bright ish. Well, thank you so much. It was such a Many joy blessings to be with you. To you and yes. Greetings Many to blessings. all the listeners, which I'm sure is growing yes, a lot. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation. Mm -hmm.